Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Good to be with you. Hope you're well. As well as you can be on a Monday after a game that played out like that on Saturday night. I'm Jeff. That's Tom. There's Director Matthew. We'll get right to it. You can, uh, of course, watch the show on War Chant TV. You can also... Um, Listen in on Terrestrial Airwaves there, 93.3, our good friends. It's good to be with you. Good to have all of you on board after what is uh, as embarrassing a loss as the program could have suffered. It's as big a setback for Mike Norvell and his staff as one could have ever envisioned. Um, no matter how you thought this season was going to play out, you would not have put an L next to the Jacksonville State game. And uh, whether you thought this would be a year that uh, the team played uh, rather sporadically, you know, look good one week, bad the next, whatever it might be, because of areas of weakness within the personnel, because it is an ongoing rebuilding effort. Uh, whatever leeway you were prepared to give them, I think the varying degrees has vanished. Uh, I, think, I think the vast majority of this fan base today is not only hurting, but questioning what they thought they knew. I think uh, we are too, to to, to some extent. Uh, I, I'm going to have a, a maybe a different approach to this in the sense that I actually think now this will be discussed later in the show. I actually think they're going to go and play well against Wake, uh, but but let's let's circle back to the issue at hand here, which was a whole bunch of nonsense on Saturday night, in which the coaching staff failed the players immensely, and the coaching staff now doesn't have a margin for error. Uh, because uh, of that betrayal. And it's um, really a lot of the things that happened in that game were completely unacceptable. And it started very early on. Uh, Coach Norvell and his staff turned this into a glorified scrimmage. They wanted to put things on tape for Wake Forest. There's a message you send to your team when you do that, and that is that you do not have to take the opponent seriously. And they didn't. And what happens when you let somebody hang around time and again uh, and, and you know, you get late into a game like that, and there's still a measure of hope, you might just lose a game like that. I've used a lot of analogies over the course of the last 48 hours or so in talking with people that, you know, either have played the game or certainly been around sports for a long time, and many of you, most of you, certainly can relate to that too, right? You, you, you know that... Uh, that uh, if you don't take somebody seriously, if you underestimate your opponent, if if hubris is at hand uh, and you don't recognize it uh, and you toy around with somebody, you can get got, is what I said. And I used a boxing analogy. There are fighters, good fighters, who lose fights occasionally that they should never lose based on skill set, based on hand speed, based on strength, punching power, uh, footwork. They, they might see an opponent. They'll look at the film. And they'll gauge what that opponent's to be. And then they get in the ring and it's confirmed, right? It's confirmed that they're bigger and stronger and faster. And that this shouldn't be, as long as they're technically sound and focused, much of a fight. But human nature occasionally sets in, especially if you don't prepare properly and you don't take it seriously. And you drop your hands because you're lazy, because you don't think you can get hurt, and you're punched. And you open your eyes to a new reality when you wake up, when you realize that you've derailed your career. And that the path towards a title fight is now that much more arduous 
that it's going to take a lot longer to get to where you want to go. There are going to be more hours and more moments that could have been avoided to an extent uh, had you just taken care of business. Uh, the hand-wringing and the second-guessing and the building of a culture, thinking that you're much further along, uh, that all went out the window on Saturday night because they fooled around and they let somebody hang out, and the next thing you knew, they lost a football game that they should have never lost in a million years. There is no excuse for the final play. It can never happen ever. It can't happen. They ran a play. Jacksonville State ran a play. That's not a Hail Mary. They ran a play. And it was a play based on a look. And the look that they got on the play before told them Florida State doesn't know what they're doing. Florida State doesn't know what they're doing. They're confused. The personnel, everything about what they're doing gives us a chance. Run it again. Their coach said as much. Their coach told you that afterwards. We'd gotten open on the play before. My guy just missed him. Threw to the wrong guy. You know, it's it's unimaginable. I don't know how that happens. I especially don't know how it happens when, well, having said all that I just did, when I think you have a good head coach. I think Mike Norvell is a detail-oriented guy. I think Mike Norvell is a good head coach. I think Mike Norvell has helped change the culture and is on the right path. Whoo! But, buddy... That is as tough a moment in a coaching career for a good coach as I think I've ever seen. That's There's a lot to undo there. There's a lot to unpack there. There's a lot to rebuild there after that. That can never happen. That is some That, that doesn't happen in peewee football. They're on their own 41. It's fourth down. The game is over. The game is over. How it is you don't have just about everybody on that field sitting somewhere around the 20, ensuring that nobody can get behind you. I mean, it's, it's, there, <laughs> there is no excuse, and there's no way to explain it away. And today, you know, I get it. If you're a head coach, if you work, if you're a leader, if you're a leader and you have people that you've hired that work for you, that you trust, that you respect, that you've chosen to be part of the group that is going to help turn this thing around and elevate this program to where everybody expects it to be, and they make that kind of a mistake. Now, ultimately, it comes back to you because you're the leader. You are the unquestioned leader. You're the head coach. You're the CEO. Whatever you are, you can't then go out to a press conference and roll those employees. So I don't expect him to go to the dais today and say, well, Adam Fuller screwed us all. He's not going to do that because ultimately that is still on him. He screwed that up. Mike has the ability to override anything he hears in that headset, so that can never happen. I am still curious, and we may never know, what exactly happened. Was that a communication breakdown? Did somebody signal it in wrong? There's no way you call that defensive formation. There's no way you do that. And you had the wrong personnel on the field, which is bizarre, which tells me you were ill-prepared for the moment, and that is on coaching. That means that somewhere along the way you didn't practice that. You didn't account for a scenario where we're in this situation. One score game, final play, Who do we? what's the personnel we want on the field, what do we want to call in that situation. Look, you can tell me they had a timeout and you're worried they're going to get into field goal range, but it really doesn't add up. 
because he's going to have to throw the ball with their own 41, so you get across the 50. They have a freshman kicker, by the way, who's only made, what, two extra points in his career or a field goal, whatever it was. Yeah, a career long of 46 is what the broadcast said. Okay, so 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 here you go. You got a freshman kicker on the road. Let's just say, now six seconds, right? So you've got to get, you got to throw the ball a minimum of 20, 30 yards. So you they have to have time to get open. They got to get 30 yards downfield, okay? Tick, 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 tick. Now I've got to throw it, execute it, catch it, hope that I get tackled in time or my receiver catches and gets down in time that I can call a timeout and that I can get my guys out there inside of six seconds. They're not, it's not going to happen. It's just not going to happen. It, it, you know what? Take your chances. If my man's going to kick a 55-yard field goal and tie it up, at least you didn't lose the damn game. You'll go to overtime. You have the more talented team. I don't know. You could lose that too, but you didn't lose. You're not going to lose. It doesn't make any sense, and he knows that, and there's no way. I don't want him to get up there and be mopey. He recognizes the mistake, and he's also not going to roll his guy under the bus up at the dais. He's just not going to do it, and I wouldn't either. I'm, I'm the guy. I'm the coach. I'm the reason that that guy's here. I have to wear that. I have to take that ass kicking. I have to be up there and listen to those questions and try to explain away what can't be explained away. To their credit and to his credit, and it's not certainly a big pat on the back, there was no deflecting. There was no, it's somebody else's fault. He took responsibility immediately following the game. he I got it here. I put it all down on my sheet. And he, he, he said, I didn't have the team ready to play. Uh, he took full responsibility. He went on to apologize to the university, to the fans, to the players, to anybody who cares about Florida State football. He rightfully pointed out that they are basically he admitted to you their offensive game plan was ass when he says that they couldn't sustain drives, that they were constantly in long yardage situations because they're undisciplined and they commit a lot of penalties and they're constantly behind the chains. He basically admitted that. Uh, he talked about reevaluating personnel. Well, that's what you do when you're not playing well, when guys are making repeated mistakes. By the way, my opinion, I don't know this as a fact. My opinion is when he's talking about reevaluating personnel on the offensive end to avoid penalties, he's talking about Dante Lucas. That's who he's talking about. Have we seen enough of that kid? Then he goes through, and it is a very soul-searching press conference. I think that Andrea Adelson's words pierced his soul when she said, you know, Florida State's never lost to an FCS school. What did you say to the team afterwards, and how do you recover from this and move forward? He closed his eyes. He had a moment because he realizes, I just presided over the worst loss in Florida State history. I just made my job exceedingly difficult for no reason other than hubris, other than I didn't think it was possible to lose to this team, so I wanted to experiment and try some things out and put guys in certain situations and see how they responded, to put things on tape for Wake Forest to have to prepare for. Never in a million years did I think that that approach could actually lead to a loss. And frankly, he probably should have got away with it. Maybe this is the ending Florida State deserved on Saturday night for the disrespect they showed the opponent. But you know what? I didn't think they could lose either. There, I, I didn't think it possible. That's a team that just got blown out the week before by UAB, who probably got blown the hell out by Georgia. But nonetheless, didn't certainly look like a team that would be able to move the ball enough to win a football game against you, no matter what you did. But what you do know and what is imperative for the coaches to know is, is my team mature enough to handle it? 
are they good enough and mature enough to handle some of the things I want to try to do on Saturday night and still go win the damn ball game? Go win the game. Now, a lot of coaches in that situation would have done something similar in terms of trying different formations, trying different kids in different spots, knowing that we have the vastly superior personnel. Let's just go ahead and try some things here. But you know what you got to do? You got to know that you can win the game first. You got to know that your team's mature enough and good enough to go get the win. You go get the win, then you mess around and try things out. Get up 17, get up 24 points, and start fooling around with some things, experimenting with some things. Once you've already stepped on the neck and you've left somebody devoid of any hope whatsoever moving forward. That's the thing about underdogs, right? I've said on this show before over the years, for many years now, that when you're playing a team that you're heavily favored to beat, and this isn't any sport, this is just, again, the nature of competition and human nature. If I'm better than you, you may know it deep down. You may know, well, he's bigger and he's stronger and he's faster and he's more skilled. This is a, this is a problem. We've all faced that, right? We've all faced somebody who we know is just too big, too strong, too fast. And it sucks. It's a bad feeling. It really is. But there is always somebody bigger, stronger, faster, right? I don't care if you're Gronk or anybody else. There's always somebody who's bigger, stronger, faster. And... You know, it's, 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 it's tough to compete in those situations. But because you believe in yourself and because you've put in a lot of work, you've put in a ton of work, you've put in, you've sacrificed your blood, sweat, your tears, you're going to go give it a go. I mean, you're not going to walk out there and just lay down. You're going to say, well, let's see what happens. Maybe I get something started early. Maybe, maybe he begins to doubt. Maybe the pressure's on him. The longer I hang around, the more that pressure begins to shift to the other side of the field. Game pressure shifts over if you're in a team event. You know, we've all seen how these upsets brew and how they occur. So when this is playing out, what you have to do is early in the game, go bust that ass. Go dominate. You're the bigger, stronger, faster team. Go dominate. I don't care if it's boring sledgehammer them, line up and run the ball, get your lead, now begin to kind of work in some other elements that you want to put on tape for Wake Forest or anybody else for that matter, or see for yourself how guys respond situationally. But go assert yourself and leave little doubt that this game is over. You were never going to compete. You knew it deep down, but you're a competitor, so you showed up. But here, I've proven to you your worst fear is true. This is over. And then... You have that opportunity. They never did it. They never did it. They never really could. They were always behind the chains. They were always making stupid decisions and mistakes, self-inflicted errors, those kinds of things. One penalty after the other. Drop passes. I mean, you got to walk in touchdown. Catch the ball. So this is, this is the worst-case scenario for a guy who has put in so much work and built up so much goodwill to undo it in one fail swoop on a fateful Saturday night against an overwhelmingly outmatched team, that path to winning, the path to winning over the fans again, the path to ensuring that that culture stays intact within that locker room, the path to making sure that the recruits who have said yes to you because they believe in said message remains intact, that just got that much more difficult to complete. You're now going to be uphill the rest of this year. You've lost every benefit of the doubt imaginable. It is, it's hard to comprehend how that could happen. 
And it's nuanced. It's not as simple as this guy stinks, this guy's a bad coach, this guy's a good coach, they should have done that. No. It's a total failure from top to bottom with the approach of a singular game on a Saturday night that they didn't think they could lose. And now they have. And time is the only thing. Time and wins. As many as you can garner this year to secure that class. Because you also have to raise the overriding level of talent here. That's the other thing that stands out often in these situations. When you're up against it and you don't have an overwhelming advantage within certain segment groups, you can't just fall back. You know, in golf, you'll see guys, the elite, the best players of the world, they don't always have their best stuff. They don't always have their authentic swing. They don't always have everything that they need on a given day. But they have a couple go-to things they can do. They have a couple shots that they can go to. Tiger Stinger is a good example. There's, there are things they can go to that they know, I can execute this under pressure. I may not win. I may not go low today, but I'm not throwing up an 86. Saturday night was like an 86 for a professional golfer. Like, yeah, like I'm not going to do that, right? I'll, go, I'll get in the clubhouse at 75 because I'll fall back on these things. This is my identity. This is something I can count on. This is something I can do. They don't have overwhelming talent. They're not, they're not overly talented at quarterback. They don't block it up and pass pro very well. They're average at wide receiver. Their linebackers stink. You don't have the wiggle room, man. You better find something you can do and stick with it and get really good at it and fall back on it when you get off to a fits and stops and starts kind of game like they did on Saturday night. Find out who you are and go back to doing it. I think it's the run game, personally. I think it's Jason Corbin mixed in with a little Trayshawn Ward. I think it might have to be a little more Jordan Travis than a lot of fans want to hear from because of his legs. What an abysmal performance. What a catastrophic result. <laughs> this, is, this is where it gets interesting, though. I, I do think if you like to study leadership and you care to follow a lot of people have checked out right now. A lot of fans have said, that's it, that's all, man. It's one too many. I can't do this. You might be right. You might be wrong, Jeff. I just, I'm tired. I'm just so damn tired. It's every year with this group. It's tough. I don't, I don't blame you for feeling that way. I thought about all of the local businesses, all of the restaurants and bars, all of the people who live in Tallahassee that know that this community not only is enriched financially, but spiritually when the programs that Florida State and Florida A&M play well, that we're all just a little bit better off on a daily basis, a little skip in the step when they're playing well, when there's a reason to, to latch on and hope and believe. A lot of people feel, one of my favorite words, I know I overuse it, bereft today, right? And only time, only time is going to tell. And you can't fast forward it. It sucks. You just took a massive step backwards. A massive step backwards. A win at Wake Forest. Maybe it's a little salve. A little salve. Still a deep, deep cut. Got to keep monitoring that thing. Keep monitoring. Make sure it doesn't get infected. Maybe. Then you get another win. Maybe another win. All right, all right. Looks like it's healing up a little bit. Maybe. I suspect that's the direction this is going to go. I could be wrong. And that is not hedging 
because a loss that is that ugly in that situation does render the possibility that you lose them. There are an awful lot of transfers on this team. We'll see. I do think he's correct when he points out that he believes in the kids, the culture that they've created, and that the buy-in that he sees. I believe that's real. Wake Forest might tell you an awful lot about that buy-in if it's still there, about that belief if it's still there, if that locker room is still connected. We'll see. Chef Cabbage Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio and Warchant TV. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time time or your money back guaranteed because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want it's easy to make your car the mvp and bring home huge wins keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply It is the summer of more life. First class is always free when you hit up Orange Theory as a new member. This goes through September 30th as far as the summer of more life campaign. I would like you to get involved. It'll help you on your day-to-day journey through life. I can tell you that. Clear head, better physical uh, shape on a daily basis, and... um, Little, uh, I don't know, man. I just got it, it's a little breath of fresh air, right? More life. I guess that's how you say it. Um, if we, you refer a friend, we all could use a good sweat right now. Ooh, and I, I don't mean it's gambling. I mean, you know, we just all could use a little bit of physical activity to get our mind off some stuff. I told you I wanted hills, and I shouldn't have asked for them. We got them today. We got them today. Oh, did you? Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. A lot of hills today. All right. I'm not a fan of the hills. I do them because I'm tough like that, but the hills. Those are toughies. But, you know, hills are necessary to live in the high country. <laughs> I can walk those hills in my high country home, Tom. But, I, uh, yeah, no, that was good. I walked in today. I was like, oh, a lot of hills today. A lot of push pace hills today, I see. Oh, oh, not even base pace hills. We're going to run hard up these hills, I see. Your suspicion that you were yelling at me during the break is, in fact, true. Yeah, Dante Lucas is not on the 2D. That is correct. But I didn't think so. You got to tell that kid to get the hell up out of here. I've thought that for a while now. It's a shame. It's a shame. He's got some talent, but he's got to go. I consulted, of course, as I should, right? The Tribal Council on Warchant.com, and I looked at the post on the depth chart for Wake Forest. And, in fact, Ira did post it, screenshots and all, and I'm looking at the offensive line. You don't see his and name. And I see Robert Scott still starting at left tackle. We don't have options, Tom. It's yeah. not a very good offensive line. Well, that's not ripping the kid because it might be an injury concern. Who knows? Mike, it, he answered that question today. He said, I hope to have those two guys back when yeah. he, it was Maurice Smith and Robert Scott. Maurice Smith especially, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Point taken. If you're uh, an active member and you refer a friend or upgrade in the month of September, you'll receive a discounted membership for the next three months at Orange Theory Fitness. Non-active members sign up 
and receive discounted membership prices for the next three months as well. They're just doling out a lot of savings here at Orange Theory Fitness. Make it happen, kids. Give them a call today, 850-895-9683, Orange Theory Fitness. Oh, man. I did secure some audio over the weekend, if you'd like. It's insider audio. Is this the time for it? Them as they were walking off the field? Is this a discussion between yes. head coach and uh, and Adam Fuller and other coaches? Defensive coordinator and head coach talking after the game. Just the two of them. Glad you grabbed this audio. They won't like that we played this. Go ahead. Then you talk to me I about that. You, okay. you gotta give us a shot. You know what? You gotta give us Harry, a shot. Listen to me. Let me hear what I'm saying, okay? You get your shot. You had your shot right there. In the situation. Oh, why you that? know the situation, I Harry. Know why okay. don't you get a shot in? Because that doesn't that makes well, it worse. That makes it fing worse. I know it. That means nothing to me, that guy. Nothing. Okay, that that I, I can't wow. control. I can't control that. You know as well as I you know where I stand on the whole situation. That's, but that's, but that's you're better than that. Don't you know that. Listen, I'm telling you, our ass is in the jackpot now. Okay? Okay? That's I'm just telling you. You know what? That, that, that's, you got it. You got it. <laughs> if you're new to the Jeff Cambridge Show on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV, then you don't know that that has been with us for a long time. That was the Mets. And uh, that was Terry, uh, what's his face? Collins. Collins. Somehow, unbelievably, they secured that audio. Whoever did, it was just randomly released on social media one day. Is MLB, well, you know, there's two guys that do that, by the way, that for whatever reason have access to umps that are mic'd, players that are mic'd, and they, they do a good job. There's some... Uh, they that, got Aaron Boone once. They, uh, yeah, there's yeah. some good stuff there. Uh, but anyhow... Yes, that is a, a hell of a give and take, and we've been using it for years because it did sound like a dramatic moment in a movie. We thought a mob movie in which somebody's got to get hit. Somebody's got to go down. And it's, it's not going to be me. Yeah, it's just yeah, they're having it out. One specific line can be played on a loop for some time to come, and it's this line. RS is in the jackpot now. Yes, okay. it is. Yep, that is correct. That, yes... That's what you did. That's what you did. You did that. is in the jackpot now, okay? You did that. That's ah, just... Yeah. Yeah, our ass is in the jackpot because of what you did. It's, it's the uh, <laughs> rare moment as a parent where you're so profoundly disappointed with the actions of your child and a point has to be made. There's a standard, Tom. In this household, that is not what we're going to do around these parts. That's not going to happen. Not with me. Ma- not without major repercussions. And every parent can can understand. Or if you're obviously, if you can harken back to your memory from uh, your childhood, we've all profoundly disappointed our parents a time oh, or two. Man, you always know it's different. It's different than they're just mad for the moment. Like, oh, why did you do that? Don't do that. You know, that's a different kind of mad than. We need to talk. Yeah, I, I carry it with me to this day. It'll be, uh, oh, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. And my mom got me a video game for my birthday, and it was hidden. And It she still hit- bothers you. You've told me this 10 times, I and know. I agree with you. I love I'm it. I'm going to take it to my deathbed, well, man. Well, it's okay. I think she forgave you. Like seven times she has. <laughs> yeah. But I can't, but I can't forgive myself. you were a rotten child. I can't. <laughs> she hid the game well. I couldn't find it. I was very good at finding gifts before they were given to me, and it was NHL 95 on Super Nintendo. And my response was, I already have that. Oh, man. 
you see the hurt in her eyes because she was so happy to give she that gift proud to of me. herself. You little piece of crap. Well, also, you didn't read the moment. You didn't read no. it. No. You didn't read. She sent yes. me with my sister. She didn't take me. She yeah. sent me with my sister to Toys R Us to exchange it. <laughs> to this day, what a rotten child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. McConaughey. Yeah. Hey. That was my dad with his Marlboro Reds. Yeah. Like, oh, well, oh that's what, that's what you right say to your mother, huh? <laughs> All right. But it's true. There are those moments, and it's it hits harder. It's it's the hardest thing in the world because, and I and conversely, I've had to do the thing where I've pulled in both my kids. Both my boys have had a couple of these in their short lives where I've had to pull them into a room and be like, oh, this you're going to listen to me. This is different. We're not. This isn't Dad's kind of mad. This is. Now listen to me, and then it happens, and you can see their face. Like, well, this is different. Dad's never done this before. Dad sounds like he may throw me through that window. RS is in the jackpot now. Okay. <laughs> like this is a different tone. There is a look on his face. This is. This is. I'm a little nervous. I'm a little nervous. After you're done and you say, you boys go outside and throw the football or something, I don't want to see you, the conversation is very simple from Bryce to Clark. Yeah. RS is in the jackpot <laughs> now, okay? It's just sort of a, whoo, okay? Note to self, never do that again. Never say that again. RS is in the jackpot now, okay? Never talk back to dad or mom in that way again. It's just this, that moment. You know, if you're lucky enough to to have come along late like you did, and my one of my dear friends, Matt Britton, was like the last of uh, three boys, and he said he got to sit in the back seat and just watch all the things that they screwed up and knew. Oh, oh I won't do that. I won't do that then. Yeah, that's good. My man. Yes. Three older sisters, and they are 8, 11, and 13 years apart from me. And some of the wars... The first one with my oldest and my mom was about moving from New York and displacing her out of high school where she had found a niche to Florida. That was a war. And the extended war was the long-distance phone bills that came with it <laughs> as she was going to talk to her friends every day. Yeah. All the way down through when my youngest sister and my mom in the Toyota Privia that I mentioned over the weekend, there were some knockdown dragouts. And I learned. I just took notes. As a kindergartner, I said, that's not going to work. I won't try that. And I, I was better for it, I think. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I, I think you can get bogged down in the relentless and, and overwhelming, in the day and age of social media especially, uh, the need to, to relitigate and to go back over step-by-step step every mistake that was made. They made personnel mistakes. They made uh, situational situa- mistakes. Well, a ton of situational mistakes. They made time management mistakes. I mean, they did about everything wrong that you could do in a game like this that led to that opportunity even existing. You know, yeah. That tells you how overwhelmingly uh, favorite and, and, and better off they were uh, than Jacksonville State. To have to have incurred and, and, and made those kinds of mistakes – possession by possession over a long period because the game if the game ends with Florida State on top we're still coming in and ripping them we're still coming in and saying that was a team that was not motivated that's a coach that didn't have a good feel for his team and didn't have them prepared to play that was horrific execution I mean we're talking about how bad the game was regardless but yes you get the added bonus of losing to an FCS school on a play that defies logic. 
This is a tough one for me. I, I think they were motivated. I just think they were failed in the game, in the course of the 60 minutes, from, from install through the end of the game, and how situations were managed and how the game was prepared. The plan for it. I thought the players played relatively hard. Like, yeah. if you compare this to the disasters against ULM and Sanford, games we won, by the way, in Willie's time, I watched that game aghast about everything. Culture, effort, everything top on down. In this game, I was thinking to myself, my God, why are we so poorly prepared for this moment? Not, these guys don't care. Big difference. Big difference. And then, when we end up, it's 17-14, they have the illegal man downfield, gives us another try, then they go to RPO and score, make it 17-14, we get the ball, I'm like, wow, so you've got to go ahead and acquit yourself by getting a couple of first downs. we got to do this now? Like, we're really yeah, in this now situation? Yeah, you're in spot to do this again? Yeah. Then we get stopped on third and short, and we have to punt with a minute and a half to go, oh, so now the game's really in danger. Yeah. yeah. Now it's really in danger. Because those other games, it was in danger for all 60 minutes. Like, I don't know how we won. In this instance, it was the outcome of the game was not in danger until, until they score and get it to three, and it's late in the game to go, oh, so this could happen. We'll see. Again, I think that you're at a crossroads here pretty early on in your time at Florida State. I believe that we're going to see a team that – listen, first of all, it's not a good team. They're not – we said this in the preseason. We said it before the year began. Being out there at practice, you can see huge holes. They're not a good team. The thought was you might be good enough with two what we called automatic wins, Jacksonville State and UMass. All right? So that's two automatic wins. Now you only have to legitimately win four. Might you be able to win a game against Wake Forest or Boston College, Syracuse, and Louisville? Yeah, yeah, you could win those four games. That gets you to six. It's not that hard. That that's not crazy logic. That's okay. They could. They're good enough. They're middling enough. They could do that. But you just threw an automatic. You just threw a one. Out the window. RS is in the jackpot now. Okay. And in the and in the process, eliminated all the goodwill that people had bought into. You just worry, and you got to watch carefully. Recruits, players. Yeah. Doesn't matter what I think or what you think or the guy that goes to the game. I mean, it matters ultimately, but it doesn't matter too much. It matters what those players think. It matters what those recruits think. And the boosters. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what you're fielding questions now that you never should have fielded before. It's unbelievable. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk, Radio War Chant TV. Some early lines to get to, I do think. Uh, you got. I'm getting better at this uh, Sunday as soon as they, as soon as they pop thing, Tom. Got to get these babies lined up. It's a good weekend for the house, I do believe, right? Woo! One week after getting crushed by the public, Vegas does what Vegas does. and Wins big. Wins big. Thankfully, my man Lee Sterling handed over that 50-unit uh, play, and I played it and covered by one. Yeah. Carolina. Well, wasn't off by eight points. The problem is they're up 19-7 to or whatever. I mean, they're dominating the game. They did fumble going in early yes, in the game, too. Yes, but yes, that's why, like, yeah. It's football. It happens. Yeah. Some interesting things to note there. Our suspicion, uh, I mentioned it last week, but our suspicion that Jameis would play well over in Jacksonville, that New Orleans would look good. <laughs> Woo. Uh, yeah. 
Yeah, a little 38-3. May have some problems at Green Bay. May have some may have some coach quarterback issues. That's a damn shame. What a they tragic to see it play out that way. Different messages in the postgame interviews from Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur where Aaron said, I think his response was, I wouldn't say what, what Matt said. One game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, it was an interesting offseason, so yep. we're all watching. You know, there it is. Hey, uh, the the thought that Ohio State's defense would take a huge step back this year and was on the verge of struggling, uh, yep. Yep, that is unbelievable how easily Oregon got the edge anytime they wanted. I mean, really anything they wanted was there for them early and often in that game. It's a testament to Ohio State's offense and the 484 passing yards from C.J. Stroud that uh, suggests they'll be in every game and have a chance to win the vast majority of them in the Big Ten. But there's your wow result of the weekend, at least in terms of Oregon going in and outright winning the game. Not not covering, but outright winning the game. Yeah, Ohio State made some offensive adjustments, and, and Stroud made a lot of really impressive throws, but I thought even Ohio State's offensive line was a little questionable given what Oregon didn't have. I was like, okay, so you're telling me that they can stop the run Yeah, a Thibodeau bit missing the game is what you're referring to. And Correct. Yet, what you do see, though, and, and we mentioned this last week, and I did not pick – I didn't bet this game at all, but I, I was interested to watch it because – Oregon has recruited really well, and they have team speed. If you've watched them the last two years, one of the things that has stood out is while there may have been areas of weakness, you thought they are fast. They can run with these elite teams, and that proved to be yeah, the case yeah. in this game. They can run. Like Verdell and those guys, they can go. Yeah, so Ohio State's defensive line, red flag. Def- D- oh, linebackers, and uh, yeah, no, they got problems. Notre Dame's offensive line, five red flags. That's... Not Notre well, Dame like we've it, known it. And, and again, it, it gets us back to our result. That was around 5 o'clock that afternoon where you're going, mm. Mm. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. Also, there's a letdown factor, and I do think that happened with both teams. But yes, right. there are actual deficiencies of personnel, sure. I still felt buoyed in the moment by that game because I thought Notre Dame's defense looked all right. You know, Toledo scored a couple touchdowns, one directly on a, on a turnover, another with a short field that comes off of a turnover. So I thought, okay, well, I feel all right about the offense. And they went right down the field we did. Keyshawn Heldon, fourth down, wide open, and then it was gone. Then it's gone. I see the Texas A&M fans got a taste of that, oh, my God, Jimbo's doing it again moment there. A little 10-7 to win over Colorado yeah. that they damn well could have and should have lost. Yeah, yeah. There's uh, He's good for one of those at least once a year, maybe two. And uh, They but, didn't know what to run with a backup quarterback. It's like they didn't prepare for that. Which makes no sense because those two battled it out in camp nose-to-nose right. nose and were coming down to the wire before he made the announcement. So I do understand. Well, it's not like that guy didn't get reps. The kid was rat-trapping because they, they showed yeah. the sideline interactions three or four times. I Jimbo actually was, had to give Fisher credit. He was calm trying to talk him through that the second was. time. The, se- the first time he lost his mind. The second time he was kind of like, listen to me. Right. Listen to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. He's Tom Hanks in the League of Their Own. Yeah, yeah. You need to listen to me. I yeah. work on your fundamentals <laughs> in the off season. Yeah, it is. He's kind of like, okay, all right. Listen to me. It's there. Trust me. It's there. I'm going to need you to make that throw. Yeah, that was there. Uh, and then Elko couldn't get their defense off the field on third downs. They converted a lot of third downs to Colorado. You wouldn't know it in the final score, mm-hmm. but what what does that do? It provides the body blows where they're running out of gas in the second half. Iowa wins the Cyhawk yet again. Congratulations to Iowa for winning the Cyhawk trophy with a resounding win in Ames. Which is every year. They win the Cyhawk every year. If you're uh, Iowa State, you're about sick of this broken record. Come on, Matt Campbell. Let's go, baby. At Every, some point. Everybody's darling. you got to win that game at some point. Can you eventually win the Cyhawk Trophy? Well, and we had the under, and 
That played as well as getting the four and a half. That'll work. It got a little close. It got that a total close. did. Got a little close. Oh, really? It got a little close. A little pick six yeah. action. All right. It got a little close. That doesn't help. Unfortunately, and we'll see how this plays out. And I know we got to go to break, but there were uh, there were two moments, two things that I witnessed that I thought, ah, well, this is this is problematic. Florida figured out that Richardson, which is what I was telling you, is actually the guy. Can't be Emory Jones ever. Can't be. And luckily he tweaked his hamstring on a wish injury upon the kid, but we'll see. I mean, he's not – we'll see if he plays. This is going to be an interesting week against Alabama, obviously. But he's a he's a good player, and he's going to have to be their starter, and I think they probably figured that out because he played well. Uh, the other thing that happened is Texas is us. Texas is us. They're, that's just They're just going to hold out hope and think we're close. We're going to be there. It's going to be great. It's going to be – uh-oh, we're getting our ass beat by uh, Arkansas. Mr. Pittman says, woo-hoo, Pig Suey. No crying about it. Not only woo-hoo, Pig Suey, uh, Pig Suey, they dropped 40. And that, perhaps, is the more damning comparison. Norvell, Pittman. And look what just happened in Arkansas against Texas. Look what just happened against Jacksonville State. I don't want to. It's Jeff Cabbage at 93.3. Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. Hey, let's hear a question and answer real quick before we uh, finish up this first hour. I don't. We got a little time here. I want to. I want to get to this because I. I was kind of curious. Uh, it's an opportunity for Mike Norvell to answer a question spiritedly and to talk a little bit about, um, you know, what's the standard and what, what they accept and don't accept. We'll have about 30 seconds on the but, other side of it. Yeah, but but I thought it was interesting. Um, a couple, I, I want to comment on the other side, so go ahead and play this. I've never had a good feeling loss. Never. There's ne- I've never experienced that. And for us, I do believe in the character and the heart of our kids. I believe in the culture of what we do. And um, the fact that we didn't quit against Notre Dame, yeah, that's minimum expectations. The fact that we play hard, right, that's minimum expectations, right? I believe in these kids because I know what they invest. I know what they work. I know how much it hurts whenever you come up short. Notre Dame, Jacksonville State. Like, I see it. I live it. Like, that's the part of these kids that, I mean, they – they work extremely hard in this program. And it's also what's you know, so disappointing and so heartbreaking when you see you know, things that show up that are uncharacteristic of, of how we train and what we do. Um, we have to learn how to overcome that. And I don't care who you play. It does not matter. It didn't matter the first week. It sure as crap didn't matter last week. We have to go out there and, and play, coach, and execute to how we train. And if we do that, then once again, I don't give a crap who we play. It won't matter because I believe in what these kids, who they are, what they're about. But obviously that is not occurring and that is not, we are not doing that for 60 minutes, right, to level. So, yes, the first week, man, it, we lost a game that I believe we should have won. Right? Same thing happened Saturday night. The first week, people are happy that we played hard. Well, that's going to be the standard. We're going to play hard. And we are going to, to if, if when bad things happen, we have got to be able to trust the training of what we of of what we do, 365 days a year, so that we can not have those distractions or mishaps of or lack of uh, mistakes in the moment when things get tough. 
But this football team's not going to quit. And, you know, when it, from all the things that, that, that have happened and the examples that we get to point back to. Yeah, you can cut them there. Well, okay, so here's the thing. Really quickly, I mean, obviously, every coach and every player understands that it is minimum effort to, to try, to compete, to play hard, to care enough to, to fight all the way through the game. But we don't always see it. We don't always see it, especially not around here. We haven't. So, yeah, I mean, I understand why when you're facing a top-10 team, at least that was the number next to their name when they came in here, and you get down 18 points and you fight all the way back in the fourth quarter to tie it up, that some fans are going to feel good about that. But you're right. Bare minimum effort, the standard that you have to compete, so you don't get brownie points for competing, and you don't get brownie points for not giving up. Uh, that's true. That's accurate. Um, but the the part about execution and the way that they prepare and all that, yeah, I think that is traditionally, I think that's probably true for this group. I think that will be accurate throughout the rest of the season if they haven't called it a day after this devastating loss. But they didn't look prepared here, Mike. That's the problem. That team didn't look prepared for this game. Hour number two, fourth coming. Jeff Cameron Show, 93.3 Real Talk Radio, War Chant TV. Mm-hmm. 